The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. With the 54th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select Sky with two Y's. More! Oh, boys, it is so good to see you. Oh, everybody looks so beautiful today. I missed you. I was uh, vacationing in a beautiful, beautiful, uh, a beautiful deserted island in Lee Summit. In Lee Summit. Um, <laughs> enjoyed, enjoyed myself immensely. Yes. Serta, uh, who uh, we, we hung out, got to hang out. Serta, who said to, to me, BK, all right, man. I'm not feeling good. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out. I'm not gonna have any beers or anything. I'm just. I'm not feeling good. And five minutes, three minutes, he starts to look at the menu. <laughs> All right, I may have one, and he builds up to one. And listen, I, I ain't gonna put my man's business out there. I'll just say he didn't have more. He had a lot more than one. All right, and he and and he. He went against everything that he said, but we we enjoyed ourselves. We had a good time. Was it one of those nights like uh, we talked about? What was a few months ago now, where he gets home and he's still slamming beers afterwards? One of those? I think he probably did. I don't I know. Think. I might have drank one when I got home. It, it was. Um, I'm better it, about it now. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't get home and get hammered uh, it was, the way that it I was, used to. BK, it was pathetic. The turn, the amount of time it took. For him to go completely against. And then the best part is he was acting like he was being peer pressured <laughs> into doing this. But nobody is, nobody is peer pressuring him into doing it. Everybody's just like, he just kept saying to me, I'm not going to, I'm not just not going to drink. I don't feel good. I said, okay. Well, so that's it. I was legitimately sick that week. Like I Here had to Here call out of. Uh, Monday podcast. And thankfully those guys were able to fill in for me because I was in a bad place. And then by Wednesday or Thursday or whenever it was, we met up. I was a little bit better, but still not feeling strong. Felt like I, I needed to take some time off. But then I got there. I was like, I haven't seen Ron since Thanksgiving. And yeah. take a look at that menu. There. Uh, took a look Kobe at took a look there. Brian took, was there. A, Our friends were there. And he took a look at the menu. With, I'm seriously within three minutes. Wow, that looks good. Like reading the beer, the beer selection. Pete was that there. I, I did go, man. That's a hell of a beer for six dollars. <laughs> well, I guess I. And, and, and then he goes, you know what? I don't have a huge schedule tomorrow. I can, I can, <laughs> yeah, I could actually really, really get after it here. So I just had a weekend in Casey recently. I went out there for Boulevardia, and so I we tried... were there at the same time. Were we? Yeah. Okay. So I, I was out there and I, I had a couple of friends that came out with me from St. Louis and it was their first time in KC. And I, so I sh- tried to show them around a couple of different places. Um, the peanut is like my favorite spot to go after you've had like a, a good night out. Right. So we went there after Boulevardia Friday night. That was our first night in town. They were like, hey, uh, kitchen's closed. I was like, yeah, but you guys don't close for another hour and a half. What do you mean the kitchen's closed right now? They're like, yeah, we got to do some stuff. Like, it's not open tonight. I was like, all right, cool. We'll come back tomorrow. Went back on Saturday night. I kid you not. Again, they closed two hours ahead of time. I was like, all right, it just ain't meant to be. It's not our weekend. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't told anybody this. I went to the peanut alone 
for lunch. Uh, <laughs> got got the three wings and fries. That, that's something to be ashamed of. I'm just saying by myself. I didn't. In call fact, anybody. I think that's something to be proud of. I did it. I went by myself. Uh, uh, right by right by the old station. Just went right up there alone. You went to the one, you went to the one in Mission. You oh, I, yeah, I should clarify. We went to the one on Maine. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> if I it wasn't the, understood by the story, <laughs> I would. Yeah, I got you. I'm just saying, I went to the one in Mission alone for lunch, and then actually, that does feel a day. little more sad. You're sitting in a booth alone. That that does feel yeah. a little more sad. And that, that all the peanuts are these kind of dark, uh, like solemn bars, anyways. <laughs> Especially that one in Mission. That's the biggest one. That's just a huge bar. There was probably two people in there. It was yeah, it was eleven thirty. No, it's a packed house. <laughs> it's eleven thirty. And I just went actually I went and sat at the same table we used to always eat at. And I just sat there and I ate my I was gonna get my wings and my fries and I and I got my wings and that beautiful ranch they have. You know, while we're talking about sad, sorrowful things, I wanna get this off my chest. And I hope this doesn't upset you, BK. Um, I can't, I I can't deal with this number from Sky Moore. I, you know, I'm I'm intrigued by Sky Moore, and I I I've watched the videos and, and looking at him and Pat work together. Uh, yeah, Randy, sorry, Patrick work together. But I can't. Twenty four just doesn't work for me. I I I, I can't. I that's that's it's not working for me. That's a cornerback number, and maybe I'm old whatever and, and i'm sure maybe if he's an explosive player uh, I, I guess we'll we'll get over it but i i want to say it right i don't like the number choice i really i really don't that that that's not working for me whatsoever so ron you know i this is going to go way over Serta's head but uh, in baseball they use the 2080 scouting right like where yeah. where 80 is the highest 20 is the lowest his number's a 20 it, it's the worst possible choice it like is, you man. you could not have a worse choice for a wide receiver. And I know he said all of the right things when he came in and they're like, Hey, you know, like, why'd you go with number 24? It seems like a strange choice to, to be the, using that as a wide receiver. He's like, well, it's, it was just given to me when I was at Western Michigan and now I made it into the number that it is. So I'm going to keep doing it. Man, you got to switch this. Who like, gives you, a rip? It you can be number two. Here. You can be number four. You can be number 82. You can be number 84, 12, 14. I don't care what number Six, you want to be. add them together. Whatever you – yeah, 24. You can't be number 24 can't, as a wide man. receiver. It's such a bad look. It looks like you're a high school wide receiver. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not going to lie. I, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm fearful huh. that the Chiefs <laughs> potentially may lose out on a really good corner because – a corner wants 24 and they can't get it because Sky Moore's kept it. Yeah, well then he can't have it because Sky Moore <laughs> has it now. This is God. this is the world that we live in. I don't love it either. It's confusing. I don't like it. I miss the days where I maybe I didn't know who a player was, but I knew exactly what position he was because of his number. That's just not the world we live in anymore. We have to grow and adapt to it. And so Sky Moore is 24. And no. He no. also hasn't been healthy and hasn't really been involved in any of the Chiefs offseason stuff. So yeah. maybe, well, maybe just... that's maybe that's it. Maybe he needs to rethink things. And first off, I don't have to accept it. <laughs> I don't have to accept the damn thing. Okay. Like I, I like I want to drill him and push this so hard to make him try to change it. I actually want to start something. I, I want to start a petition of some sorts to force him to change it. This is pathetic. It's ridiculous. You have so many options. And I, I mean, I like I. I think honestly, honest to God, if you ask me, I think that's why James Bradbury is not a chief because he won at twenty four, <laughs> and Sky Moore had it, and he's like, I can't, I'm not going there, and I'll, I'll go with the Eagles. I just, by the way, first off, I can tell people who are listening, and I think I really believe that James Bradbury didn't want to come here because Sky Moore took twenty four. I'm kidding, I'm joking. So I, I know. That's I don't know. Case. I think you're I think, onto something here. I, I despise. I despise that that number choice. I, I respect that he said I made twenty four thing. This is what I wear to the NFL. Do your thing, Sky. I, I respect the hell out of it. Well, don't, you know what? We're fifty then, a hole. Do that. <laughs> Why don't you make that a thing? No, it's just he doesn't like it. He's leaned into it. He's had to accept it, and now he's now he's too prideful and stubborn to change it. He knows he wants 12. 
What's Dieter's old number? That's open, isn't it? He knows he wants it. Yeah, it's 12. Yeah, he wants 12. He wants something else. He can even get single digit. They've given you the ability to choose whatever you want, and you're choosing running back and 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 and, and corner numbers. Pathetic. I, I actually think you're onto something with this tinfoil theory, too. Stephon Gilmore was the other big time free agent cornerback, also number 24. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not saying you're like 100% right on this, but. I'm I'm not saying you're completely off on this. Just, it is a I prime cornerback number. It is. <laughs> it's a really good one. I want it to Wasn't Brandon Flowers number 24? Yes, especially in the 21 and 24 are the prime ones. I just I mean you can't. Like I, I just I don't know. I just had to get that off my chest. I really did. And I and I I feel I feel better about it. All right, this is the slow time. Uh, there's not a damn thing going on. So uh we have to be really good at this and manufacture topics. <laughs> And uh, and luckily, this is why Pete Sweeney uh, partnered with us because no one on this show is working for him. Uh, he partnered with us to come together because of our talents in this. And I'm looking at ESPN. Uh, as they know, they're trying to fill content as well. They rank the top 32 most talented teams. Uh, and listen, there's some, some teams in certain spots that we could be here all day, but I will not go down that rabbit hole because we will never dig ourselves out if we start arguing about some of these teams that they have rated. But they have the Chiefs at nine. The Chiefs at nine, the back half of the top ten, I would say probably since Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes to the world, the Chiefs have never been viewed this low, I'd imagine. Uh, but they are nine, and the importance to this them being nine. And tell me, tell me if I'm wrong, fellas. Buffalo was one. The the L.A. Chargers in the division are three, which you could argue are two. We felt are two of the most talented teams in the AFC, and I, I tend to agree. And Cleveland, if it's not Jacoby Brissett, is sixth uh, uh, in in this in this ranking. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, who beat you in your own field. Uh, because you got drunk in the second half and took a dump over the field. They are eighth. Um, so there's four teams in the AFC that many people look at and believe have a more talented roster than the Chiefs. And I'll be honest, fellas, I I don't think I argue that. Maybe you could say a few things, maybe with the Bengals, but I most definitely think roster to roster – those top three teams, I think I, I think the Browns, I think the Chargers, I think the Bills are more talented. And I'm going to be honest with you, I think Denver overall may be more talented than the Chiefs, who they have listed at 14, just me personally when I look at what they can bring to the table. Uh, but those three especially, and I think Cincinnati, you could argue either way. But when I look at that, and I see where the Chiefs are. They have definitely dropped in talent. And I'm intrigued by this because it's really going to test one of my theories. Maybe my number one theory in football is college, NFL, I always look, all right, who's got the best quarterback and the coach? I think those are the two most important things on the field to me, quarterback and coach. And even though I think the Chiefs, as we see, are ninth and fairly behind these other three or four AFC teams, I still think they have the best coach quarterback combination in Andy Reid and, and and Patrick Mahomes. How much can they make up for the talent deficit that they have? And I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch this year for the Chiefs is how much can Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes make up for the talent? I've watched Andy Reid do it with lesser quarterbacks. I've watched Andy Reid make up talent disparities with him and Donovan McNabb over other teams in the NFC. I watched him do it, and you all have watched him do it with Alex Smith, make up the talent deficit with other teams. I think this is maybe his greatest task ever because Buffalo is no joke. The Chargers are no joke. The Browns, if they are not playing with Jacoby Brissett, they are no joke. I, it feels like to me, and maybe you guys disagree, that they're going to have to make up for the talent that they lack or they are behind on these other teams. No, I think it's a test of three people. I, I think it, it really is. It comes down to, as you mentioned, Andy Reid, who's going to have to scheme things up in a way that 
he frankly didn't have to in previous years. Like you look back to the Kareem Hunt year where it was Kareem, you had on the outside Tyreek Hill and then Travis Kelsey, of course, at tight end. That's as good as it gets in the NFL. Like then, now, anything in between, that's unbelievable. Uh, you look to what it was when they had Sammy Watkins healthy. Say what you will about Sammy. He's a super talented number two wide receiver, and we've got him, and he's paired with guys like Tyreek and Travis. It's pretty damn good. Now you're going to have something that's different, and you don't have that legitimate number one wide receiver the way they did with Tyreek Hill. So Andy is going to be tested. On top of that, Patrick's going to be tested. He's never played with wide receivers like this. They're just different. No. It's a different accumulation of talent on the outside. So he's going to be tested. And I think the third guy that they're putting a lot of pressure on here is Brett Veach because Brett Veach had to go out this offseason. He had more draft capital than he ever has by a wide margin this year. And it seems like everybody believes he drafted well. Well, those guys are going to be tested quickly. George Karlaftis might be a week one starter for you. You look at what you've got at linebacker, you may have a week one starter there that was drafted later on. Your cornerback on the outside, probably a week one starter. Justin Reed, he signed this offseason, week one starter for you. The wide receiver and running back tandem that might be there for you. All his signings. Like, he is going to be tested in a huge way. Was he right in these evaluations? Because he let a lot of people go. They could have easily just said, you know what, Tyreek, we'll give you all of the money. You know what? We like what we have right now with Tyron Matthew. He's been a leader of our defense for years. We really believe that he can regain that form that he had a couple of years ago. We're going to re-sign him. We're going to go out there, and instead of trusting our drafting ability, we're just going to make a big splash move the way that they have many times before and bring in another veteran, whether it be on the offensive line or at wide receiver or wherever. They didn't do that this year. So I think the guy that they probably doesn't get talked about enough that's going to be tested this year it's a massive year to be tested for Brett Veach. And I, I think that's the guy that really I'm going to be honing in on. Yeah. I, yeah. His, his moves are, yeah. The, like uh, George can't be Breland speaks. Like, I mean, he's got to like these moves they've made. You're right. This is, this is his team now. When, like, when no when longer look, is this Dorsey's team. When, when, when you look at it is this is a team and I don't care what you say. We've had disagreements on this, especially with Serta. Um, that this isn't a like a let's win a we're we're trying to seriously attack and win a Super Bowl. When you have Patrick Mahomes at this age, you're you're trying to win a Super Bowl. Like this is like LeBron James is on your team in his prime. You're trying like it, you're trying to win a championship every single year. There's no step backs, and you could argue when you're in that mode, generally you you you're playing for like let's get let's get replaceable parts immediately that we know what they're going to be. Instead, they're trying to pull off what the Warriors did, and that is win today and plan for the future and win for today and tomorrow. And listen, if it works, it is big time because now you've you've extended this window or even turned the corner and opened it in a different way. But, yeah, Brett Veach, those guys, like, they have to be – and I guess just listening to you, it, it it makes me think this. All three of them have to be difference makers in a way that they didn't have to be before, right? Like they like like Brett Veach has to be a difference maker because the talent isn't there to pick you up. Andy Reid has to be more of a like a difference maker, like he was in Philly, or when Alex was here, in a way that he maybe didn't have to because hell, it was easy. Uh, and, 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 and Mahomes has to be a difference maker in a way that he hadn't been before because it's getting harder and harder the way teams are defending you. And now 10 isn't there that can just, that can make life easier, make coverage easier to read because you know what, what teams are going to do because they have to, they have to uh, allocate a certain amount of defenders to 10. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be difference makers in ways they've never been before. yeah that's a and that's a that's a fun thing to look at though yeah and i think that's why i'm really excited for this season and i've mentioned it i think me and bk even talked about it a couple of weeks ago like i think we are going to get the best andy like i i think that andy was getting too comfortable and and it was too easy to just simply rely on mahomes hill and kelsey all the time to get things done and so i think we're going to see more creative andy i I think we're going to see pat 
uh, a little bit looser this season than we saw him at times last year where it seemed like he felt like he had to carry the entire team on his back all the time. And that kind of weighs on you like over an entire NFL season that that takes a lot out of you as a player and everything that he was going on just like in his personal life. Like it was perfectly reasonable for Patrick Mahomes to just be tired and worn out last season. And I I think there just was some of that, but I I think we are going to see the best versions of that. And as far as Veach goes, like I was talking to some of the guys here at AP about this draft class and the expectations for this draft class, because amongst chiefs fans, it's very, very high. Like you're thinking that you got five, six guys that can potentially contribute on this roster in in some way. And I was like, and it's hard to project that. Like you just don't see very many draft classes where teams wind up doing that. And I think about, I think it was the 2017 saints that did it. Like they had an insanely impressive draft class. I was talking to some of the guys at AP about it. And they were like, well, the difference there is saints had a bunch of top 100 draft picks. And that's what the chiefs had in this draft. They had a bunch of top 100 draft picks where, you know, the values higher on those guys. And they accumulated a lot of those picks in the top 100 and so they just wanted as many darts as they could fire at the board and, and hope that those hit. And the higher they are up in the draft, obviously, the higher likelihood that they will hit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ramchick and Kamara yeah. and Marshawn Lattimore, I think. So if you look at it, like the similarities there are not hard to find either because you look at what the Chiefs needed this year. Like Ramchick is basically your version of Karloftis. Kamara is your version of Sky Moore. And then you could go one for one with the cornerback position of Marshawn Lattimore and what you got in this year in the first round. Yeah, it's interesting. Of of the three, if we're adding Veach in there too, like he is he is the one that that I have the least amount of confidence in, which I mean is not a surprise, but not and it's more unless of of what he got. Because I can see all of these guys being solid. I'd I, I don't know how many immediate like difference makers there there are, right? Like I and I, and I guess I, I wasn't in New Orleans, so I didn't know what you thought about Lattimore or whatever. He was in the top ten or close to it, so I mean it, you had some ex, ex, expectations, um, but I don't know if they got a, a player like that. I think they got. I think they got guys that are going to contribute, I'm not sure if they pick now. If one of them turns into a difference-making type player this year, and I don't, and that doesn't mean one of them, I'm saying one of them turns into Tyreek Hill or or a, or a Tyron Matthew or something like that, but I'm just saying a person that is a, a playmaker or of some sorts that adds to this team in a major way that's beyond just solid. And that that's the only part. It's not really necessarily Brett, because, I mean, he's had some success in the draft. But I, I just, like, when I look at that, there's no flash. There's no flash where I'm like, damn, okay. And I guess Sky Moore would be the closest. But, like, there's no flash where, like, when I look at the corner, like, out of Washington, I don't think, like, you know that you know this. He's Marcus not Marcus Peters. Peters. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. I think, he's not a I think guy that had a solid bunch player. of ball production. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see, but they they have to make up for that talent disparity with the Bills, with the Browns, with the Chargers, with the Bengals in the AFC themselves. And one and the three things that, that we're looking at here is Mahomes and the uh and, and Andy and obviously Veach with the depth of the roster has to together make up for that and that'll be an interesting thing another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, there is one thing, though, that I, I, I am about uh, over here. And, uh, and that is like this Orlando Brown situation. 
All right, I, I, I've been listening to some people that talk about the Chiefs, root for the Chiefs, making it seem like the Chiefs are in the driver's seat and that the Chiefs have options and that they can play around and have, you know, hardball with Orlando Brown. Let me tell you something. Uh, Orlando Brown needs to be on the field. Orlando Brown, to me, needs to be in training camp. You need to have your crew together. And they don't have any damn options if they're trying to win. Like that, you're not you're not going nowhere without him. There's no other options. Like you don't have any options on the field. You're a mess if he's not there. You have made, uh, you have given up assets, including a first round pick, to get him here. You knew you were going to have to pay him, and you're going to have to pay him. Now I'm not saying go off and make a bad decision. And make a and, and, and overpay him and, and reset the market at offensive line. I don't think you need to do that, and I don't think he's asking for that. I don't think he's been taking edibles at night, or his or his or his representation. Oh hell, I mean they may have. I don't know, but I think he understands he's not resetting the market. But this 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 foolishness that I've heard, I rode around in Kansas City a couple of weeks and I heard some of this foolishness of. Hey, the Chiefs, they've let you know. They're not they're not tied to anybody. Uh, they'll let Tyreek Hill go. Mm, okay. There is no plan B. No real plan B if, if you don't have Orlando Brown. So whenever training camp starts or whenever this deadline is, like they need to take care of this. They know it. You know it. And I want listen, I listen, the Chiefs have, have turned water into wine many times. Okay. But we saw this cost them a Super Bowl, partly. Orlando Brown has to be signed, has to be in there. And, and I mean, the Chiefs aren't in the driver's seat. And Orlando Brown knows it. You're not moving Joe Tooney out there. So, I mean, li- listen, like that, that, that nonsense of, oh, the Chiefs can take their time. You know, Orlando Brown's got it. No, man. You need to take care of business and get Pat Mahomes protection in there. And listen, like, I'm not trying to suggest that contracts are easy. They're not. I've never negotiated one. There's a lot that goes into them. There's a lot of fine points and language that goes into them that is way over my head. And it's legalese that I will never understand. However, when you just get to the, like, broad scope of what the numbers are going to be, sit down, Chiefs fans. If you haven't looked at them yet, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be somewhere between four and six years. It's going to be somewhere between 20 and $23 million per year. And about 65% of it's going to be fully, fully guaranteed the moment that he signs the dotted line. Like that's where you're at. That's where the top of the market is. And he's going to get somewhere in the Trent Williams, David Bakhtiari, Ryan Stanley, Ryan Ramchick numbers. Like those are the top four guys in terms of the average annual values. And he's going to be right there with them. Like, there's just no way around it. You traded for him and he got all of the leverage. You're absolutely right, Ron. Like when you do this, you're in the spot that the Texans were at with Laramie Tunsil. And they ended up giving him a three-year, $66 million deal that completely changed the scope of what offensive tackles could get. He was the one that really reset the market for tackles. And now you're having to pay the freight because the Texans completely altered the market, just like when you had the Devontae Adams deal, it altered the market for the wide receivers. You're now there. That's what you're having to do. And you could just go ahead and put this on the the, um, the Patrick Mahomes bill. Like You're paying your offensive tackle because you have a franchise-level quarterback. If you didn't, it would be less important to have to protect that guy. But this is such a huge asset. It is a literal half a billion dollar asset that you have at the quarterback position. If you're paying $20 million a year to make sure that guy stays healthy, that is more than worth it. And that's what they're going to eventually have to do. And the difference to me, Serta, is, listen, I I have the expectation that this is not uh, Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby running the ship here and that this isn't people who aren't qualified to do their jobs running running the organization. The Chiefs are one of the best-run organizations in football, and I have to believe, Serta and BK, that they knew this was going to be a part of the game when they made the move to trade for him. I think last year they had to be prepared and understanding of what this meant. 
we're giving up first round pick assets. We know we're going to have to pay them after next year. I think they were ready for this. They're prepared for this. And I believe they'll get it done. But I, I think I think when I hear people think about and not understand the value of Orlando Brown, like that's insane to me. And you're probably going to think he is overpaid, which he won't be, because the salary cap is going to go up. And then his deal, just like Laramie Tunza, who actually reset the market, will look will look like it makes sense in about three, two to three years. But I, I expect the Chiefs are not surprised by this and should know as soon as they trade it for him what kind of business they were getting into. And his value is much more than what some people in Kansas City are thinking and talking about. Because I'm serious. I don't who the hell plays left tackle if he is out, if he's not there. I mean, they, they have to make a trade. Like that's the thing. And so yeah. this is this is where it gets interesting. You gotta do something else. Exactly. Hundred percent, and so I, I was listening to uh, Nate Taylor. He does a podcast as well for the Athletic. Nate's awesome. He does really fantastic work. He's as plugged in as anybody when it comes to yeah. I love Chiefs. Nate. I want him um, to get earrings. <laughs> I had him once upon a time. I'll, I'll I want Nate up. to get Nate. If you're listening, I know you listen to these podcasts. Nate, I want you to get double barrel earrings, hoops, twin hoops. bills. I want We're going hoops. hoops. Not, not, no, I not even hoops. the studs. I think Nate could really pull that off. Oh, I think he could. I I could see Nate and Kelly somewhere with a good beer (laughs) and hoop earrings. That's what I want for Nate Taylor. Big (laughs) Nate Taylor with hoop earrings. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm sorry. Go ahead, DK. I feel like he could pull off a Scottie Pippen uh, nose ring. Oh, come on now. Uh, Dennis Rodman, excuse me. Um, So, as I've got that image in the back of my mind now, Nate Taylor on his podcast, and I, I'm 99% sure I'm quoting this correctly, he basically said there are more outcomes, more possible outcomes for these negotiations with Orlando Brown than there were with Tyreek Hill. And when I heard him say that, I was like, okay, why though? Like there seems to me as if there should only be one potential outcome. Like he gets signed. That, that's what you have to do when you made this trade for him you knew <laughs> yes. you knew what the next year was going to be he's gonna get paid you're gonna be uncomfortable with how much you're gonna have to pay him and you move forward with it and that's just the way that life is when you trade this kind of capital for that kind of a player and when he said that there's more possible outcomes here i just thought to myself like what does that mean because what it, i i guess the the potential outcomes here are he could hold out he gets into training camp, he holds out, and he doesn't play for the first like six weeks of the season, and then he he comes back eventually to accrue that season, so that way next year he could reach free agency. That that's a possibility. Um, the Chiefs end up trading him. If there's more possible outcomes than with Tyree Kill, that would have to be among them. Uh, the Chiefs obviously give him the, the contracts. That's one of them. Like it's, I am starting to get a little bit more anxious about this than I once was, just because it, it there doesn't seem to be any smoke around there being real resolution. Mm-hmm. But deadlines make deals. We are now two weeks away from the deadline where the Chiefs have to get something done, or all bets are off with Orlando Brown Jr. But if I had to place a bet today, although I am more anxious than I once was. I still believe four to six years, 20 to $23 million per year, 65% of it will be guaranteed. I think that's where we ultimately get to. I just, yeah, the, the chiefs knew this was always the deal when they traded for him. Like he wanted out of Baltimore because Baltimore was just like, we want you to go back to right tackle. And he was like, no, nah, I was good at left tackle. I'm trying to get paid. Like, he pulled the Magic Johnson. Was, I ain't going to yeah. be here. <laughs> yeah, like that That was the whole reason he wanted out of Baltimore. So they knew this from the jump, just as every other team that was going to trade for him at the time knew that this was always going to be the deal. If you were going to give up a first-round pick, you were doing it under the belief that you were probably going to sign him long-term. And the cost of doing business right now is that you're going to make him one of the three highest paid left tackles in football. Like that's just what it's going to cost. And we already saw in a Super Bowl how bad it can look if you don't have that guy there. And so while he's not the best left tackle in football, he's better than anything else you could put there right now. He's he's the only answer that you have. 
So you just pay that guy because he's also still a young player. He's not old. So pay him. It's fine. Like we don't need to overcomplicate it. It's an and you easy, got it. It's an easy answer. Just pay him. And you have it. You have the, you have it. And I would assume that you were ready and prepared to have to pay it, or you would be dumb idiots running an organization. And I don't believe the Chiefs are dumb idiots running an organization. They're one of you're one of the best organizations and ran organizations in football. They have, I mean, they've had tougher cap situations than this with, 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 uh, with the money and the cap uh, at a lower rate than it is right now. So they can, they can make this happen and they will, they will. I'm, I'm fully confident because if they don't, then we got some <laughs> real concerns. All right. But I, I, before we get out of here, I, I, I've got to get this take from you, BK, this, this Chris Jones take, I am, I I am hard up to hear this. Ron's very upset with me, and I'm not I'm sure not, entirely I'm why. I just, I, I'm not upset. I, okay, I, I won't. All right, I don't know what I am. I'm just standing. Ron's drink frustrated. <laughs> That's um, a good one. I thought he would have been on board with this, to be honest. Did you? I, I thought so too, but I I'm a little surprised by this. Okay, so Chris Jones, we all love him. Good player, good in the community, fun guy. He's been very good for the Chiefs, but. He's entering a contract here. Now, you may look on SpotRack and you may say to yourself, BK, you're wrong. He's not entering his contract here. He's got one more year left on the on the contract. Yes, however, he's not going to play that contract here because he's going to cost $27 million against the cap next year. And if they were to trade him or move him, they would save $20 million against the cap. That last year is fake. Don't look at it. It's not real. They are not going to have him play on that deal. He will either, after this season, be extended or traded. And so I wanted to have this conversation, Ron, of what do you need to see from Chris Jones this year to extend him? Because you look at the way that the defensive line market exploded this offseason, it's not just the Aaron Donald money. He's getting paid $32 million per year. He's in a totally different category from every other defensive player, frankly, every other player in football. You're not Agreed. looking at that. But... TJ Watt signed for $28 million. Joey Bosa is signed for $27 million. Miles Garrett is at 25. Max Crosby is at 23 and a half. DeForest Buckner is at 21. You got a bunch of defensive linemen now that are in that 23 to $27 million per year range. I think Chris Jones, if he's going to look for a contract extension after this year, is going to be looking in that $25 million plus range. And if you're the Chiefs and you look at the way that your cap situation is set up, you're probably already going to have Orlando Brown in that range. You're going to have Joe Tooney making a ton of money after this year as well. He His number goes up in the in the very foreseeable future. You've got Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be in the 35 to $40 million range every year from here on. I don't know, man. I, I would want him to be around. I think you're better with Chris Jones on the team. I think that is indisputable because he's an excellent football player. He's going to have to have a really good year, though, for me to rationalize giving him close to $30 million per year after this upcoming season. Well, I think his performance will depend on what he gets. Uh, I, like, he's at nine sacks last year. I mean, if he puts together another performance like that, I mean, Aaron Donald makes $31 million, almost $32 million. He's not going to come to the table with nine sacks and then get $30 million a year. That's, that's not happening. He's at 20 average at the moment. Maybe he gets in that range or a small bump if he comes to the table like that. And that and, and and that guy is still needed if he got not. Now, if he, has, if he becomes the Chris Jones that we've seen before, and has put together double-digit sack seasons, 15 sack seasons, you know, him in between the 25 to $30 million range, I'm fine with. I know that the Chiefs can make it work if they need to. I'm sitting here watching the Chiefs make it work before with all these contracts, and I've seen and I'm watching the Rams just act like there is no salary cap and make it work. So I think they can make it work. And I just tell you, I, like to me, I, I can't say this is the last year of Chris Jones with the Chiefs, no matter no matter what happens, unless he just falls off the map. He's not entering any any like mid-30s. He's 27. He'll be 27. Is he but currently this is, this is the time when the Chiefs typically cut bait. Like there are very, very few players 
that the Chiefs have made exceptions for at this point in this in their careers. He turns 28 years old on July 3rd. So coming up the, as we're recording this next week, he'll be 28 years old. So when he signs that new deal, the first year of the new deal will be his age 29 season. So it'll be 29, 30, 31, 32, potentially on that deal. That That is just Brett Veach at this point has a trend and it is cutting bait with guys before they turn 30 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Whether yeah, you agree I, with that or not, that has clearly been his trend. It's some trends, but as it, like who is the who's the best player that he's done that with? I mean, Tyron Matthew might be might be the guy. But but we saw clear slowdown of, of Tyron Matthew. And and, and Tyreek and Ty- Hill then would be the other one. But but they wanted to keep Tyreek Hill. They, uh, they I mean they were in business of keeping Tyreek Hill. It just got over their heads. Right. And 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 it, it became too expensive to what they wanted to do, right? That, they wanted to keep those players, uh, and I and I think also the need of things, like you you let you take Chris Jones off of this, like they have not prepared for him not being there. There's nothing that they've done. Like George Karloftis is not a guy that can fill that void if he's not there after next year. Like to me, if he's not here. Somebody young has stepped up in a major way where you feel comfortable. Because mind you, they're still in win now Super Bowl mode, and you, to me, you're getting rid of Chris Jones with nothing else behind it. You haven't drafted for anything else behind it. I like that. That is hard for me to look at them and say this is a this is a move that we're going to make. And him being 27 years old. And, and 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 like what what's Tyron's thirty right? Tyron Tyron Matthews thirty. I mean they're cutting bait at thirty at that position. We've seen pass rushers twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty still be extremely productive uh, in, in in this game. So like he's younger. Like I don't think he's getting Aaron Donald money at all. I don't give a damn what he does. Like Aaron Donald to me is setting the market in the way that Mahomes really did for a while there. Yeah, no one's going over him, but you're going to go below him. I think yeah, I think he'll go below him. But, man, you, they just don't have any preparation right now for life without him. Now, if they want to be ballsy enough to take a chance in, in, in doing that, but, I mean, they don't have another – I mean, you tell me right now, who is the other difference maker on the defense? Um, there's nobody. There's no, there's nobody. I'm talking about the whole defense. I'm talking about the like outside of him. Who is a difference maker on the defense? I mean, you can make yourself believe Willie Gay's going to take a hell of a jump. Um, Anybody maybe, I tell you, it'll be a projection. It's a like, projection, it, right? Like it, you think it, it would be me saying, take- I think Nick Bolton can be a difference maker. I think Trent McDuffie can be that guy. I think Justin Reed could be that guy. I can't tell you I know that to be the case on anybody on the defensive side of the ball other than Chris Jones. Because we know super, we know Chris Jones can be that. The Super Bowl year, you could say to yourself, Chris, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and Tyra Matthew were like all three difference makers. That At that point, man, you'd be taking a chance on not having any. And, and once again, you know they can make it work. They can restructure his deal and, or get a new deal and, and make this work. So I – I have a hard time seeing. They just haven't prepared it. Man, if they had drafted somebody, uh, you know, up front maybe, or Colin Saunders had really come along or something up front, uh, maybe I could see that. But, I mean, this is this is a defense historically that is really met by the pressure it gets up front, the front four with Steve Spagnola. That is hard for me to think that he would so, go into it not having anybody. If – if you could get a, a first round and a third round pick for Chris Jones, you wouldn't trade him. Like you, you would you would keep him and pay him close to thirty million dollars a year at twenty eight years old. At twenty seven, um, well, he's turning twenty eight in, in like six days. Yeah. Oh, I thought he's turning twenty seven. So he's twenty seven, turning twenty twenty eight to have so the years going into his age twenty nine season. So he's. So I, I think like. Unlike Tyreek, where like you were kind of like thought like you could get more for Tyreek than they initially got for him. I think Chris Jones is such a valuable interior pass rush guy, and those guys are so valuable. I think you could get a first round pick for Chris Jones. To like, extend uh, to extend Chris Jones and say, all right, years twenty his years that he would still be a chief, 
years 28, 29, 30, and maybe 31. I'm guessing if it's a four-year deal, you can probably get out of the third one out of the last year. So, uh, uh, to me, the next four years, I don't uh, – yeah, I – yeah, I, I I think I don't. I don't think I do that. I, I think you also have extra picks already um, for this team with Tyreek Hill. No, I, I think I, I keep him. If I'm in the business of trying to win a championship, I, I, I don't I don't make that move. For what it's worth, I think he would probably end up getting less than that for him. I think it would be closer to like the Khalil Mack deal. He ended up getting like an, a second round pick and then yeah. a later pick next year. I think you could get a pretty early second round pick for him. Um, but teams just don't trade as much as you'd think for veterans. Mm. It, it, I, I disagree with it. It's why I, I agree with the philosophy that, frankly, the Chiefs have taken on, uh, the Rams have taken on, and now the Chargers are taking on in recent years. I think that's the right way to go about it. I, I myself would like to see Chris back. I agree with you, Ron. I think that he is such a valuable piece to what they are doing defensively, and he is such a rare player. Like to get a guy on the interior that can project regularly for double digit sacks. And it's not a crazy projection to say that you just don't find those guys. There's like five of them in the world and the chiefs have one of them. And so I would just keep that guy. And if it costs $25 million a year to get him, so be it. But when you look at the track record of what Brett Veach has done, and so this is more of a, what will they do versus what should they do for me? when you look at their track record of letting guys go as they get into their thirties and not paying guaranteed money into guys thirties, I do think that chiefs fans should start thinking seriously now, not after the season about, Hey, this might be the final year we watch Chris Jones in a chief's uniform. And that may mean taking on less of a draft pick than what you're hoping for when, or if they move him, I think next offseason is going to be another one where Brett Veach once again has to put his finger on the pulse of what this defense is going to be moving forward. I know I've, I've believed that Brett Veach has more uh, power now than I that I originally felt he did. Uh, but I still think Andy still has the final say. And Andy has paid guys like Dwayne Bowe around this age frame. He has paid guys like Justin Houston big money around this age. So I think Andy has done it. But before. did those go well? Maybe they learned a lesson. <laughs> maybe, maybe, no, no, I mean, I mean, Justin, yeah, Justin had, the, they had the injuries and things like that. Uh, and so I, I yeah, I, I'm just saying it, it, there is a precedent for him doing it. It's not like this has always been the way sure. they do things. And I, I, and I just think they're they're not as prepared, man. And then and those teams weren't in win. Like I think Andy is smart. I think he knew like, all right, I got I, what the squad I have is not a let's go win now. When they had squads where let's go win now, they tried to keep everybody. They're 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 getting they're getting everybody in the fold. So I I just yeah I just can't I can't get there. Uh, but I, I will say this, though. Chris Jones has to start playing more consistently like the player many people say he is. There are, there are many people, and I know I've said this before a lot, where in terms of interior defensive linemen, like it's Aaron Donald in his, in his space alone, but then I felt like Chris Jones was behind him, uh, far behind him, but I felt like Chris Jones was behind him. Not now. I think Buckner has played better. I think Jeffrey Simmons has played better. Like he's got to consistently play better and consistently play more to the level of somebody who should be given twenty-five million dollars. He's got to he, like he's got to play more consistently to that level. And I and I think that is a fair thing. And I could see the frustration with the Chiefs of. Yeah, you're only getting older in these habits. Like, we can't have the, the taking plays off or the disappearance for games. So, as our old buddy, Therese Paler, would say, that contract year is undefeated. I get the feeling we're probably going to see the Chris Jones who has his, his act together more consistently. And if that, like, if that cat comes out in 17 games and gets 15, 16 sacks from the inside, or he's even moving around, like, c- come on now. Yeah. We ain't, I mean, we're 
<laughs> like you, you got to pay him. But I'm saying to you, if he gets 10, if he gets 11, you know, maybe you're not still from the inside. Like that, I mean, if he get because you got to know he is. But even last is, year, Ron, it was a down year and he had nine. And, and that's yeah. what I'm curious about is like uh, if he has a season similar to what he did the last couple of years where he nine, seven and a half, nine. That's where I think it becomes a really interesting question for the Chiefs because like that is super valuable. You, Having a defensive gotta, tackle with nine he, sacks is a super valuable piece. He did have a wrist injury last year, too. Definitely. Like, that was bothering him. And, like, he said the first half of the season, he was like, it it was seriously. But he's dealt with injuries each of the last few years. And and he's having the playoffs as well, where he misses playoff games because of injuries. Like, that that's part of what you sign up for with, with, with when you sign a guy into his late 20s that plays a super physically demanding jo- uh, but job. You, but, but you also had to add in the hidden stuff. It's not just nine sacks, or it's not just 10 sacks. It is clearly he is he is garnering so much attention. 100%. That, that he's given other people a better chance. And he's given Frank's Frank a better chance to get no one's double teaming anybody else. He's taken. So, I mean, we have to take that into account too. So I, and as a defensive tackle, he's playing 70% of the snaps. Like he's just, he's a stud. There's no, there's no doubt about it. And it's why like to your point, Serta, whether, whether I'm right, you're right somewhere in between in terms of what they would get in return. If they did want to trade for or trade him, like somebody would pay it pretty damn good haul. If the chiefs were ultimately going to make him available. But because they can't screw him. They can't screw him though. They got up. They they can't be. He had the wrist injury, and they were playing him in positions where where he wasn't as effective. They got to play him in his spot. All right, fellas, good. There we go. That was that was fun. I love to get back in the fold, baby. I love to get back in the fold. Um, and uh, let me take this drink real quick. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun times, man. Chris Jones ain't going nowhere, baby. I got you nine five, baby. You'll be here. He'll be here the next four years. Hey, yeah, book it. Yeah, I, book think, it. I mean, I think he will be. Chris ain't going nowhere. Going anywhere. All right, fellas. That was fun. We are out. <laughs>